0: Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We're going to get right into the Word today. Thank you for standing. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Some of you folks that have no kids, I want to tell you, you have no excuse not to be in the house of the Lord. I see these families coming in with 3 and 4, 6 babies in their hands, making it to church. Amen. amen. God bless them and Amen. They're leading the leading the way. Amen. But we are I tell you you're in the right place. It's it's not always easy, but you're making the right decision to be in church on Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. Let's get right into the word of the Lord here today. I just Friday night, I felt the Lord begin to just kind of put something in my spirit that I want to preach to you today. We're going to take a look at the book of Exodus chapter 33. I want to share a story with you that I have drawn inspiration from over the years. And it's here in the book of Exodus 33, God is leading the children of Israel through the land or the wilderness, the wilderness wanderings, amen. And the Bible says here in Exodus 33, the Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying to your offspring, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give this land to you. I've got something for you, Moses. And he goes on and he says, I will send, get this, don't miss what's happening. I will send an angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Basically anyone that's not with you. That is against you. I'm going to drive them out. I'm so for you. I'm going to make a way for you. I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to be your 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 reward, your shield, your exceeding great reward. I'm going to fight your battles. Verse 3. But go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But get this. Now get this. But I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff-necked people. He said, he said, listen, I've got a promise for you. I've got a purpose for you. I'm taking you someplace. But I'm going to have to send one of my messengers to get you there. I'll meet you when you arrive, but I can't go with you. You're too... Stubborn, you're too stiff-necked. You got too much of Egypt still in your midst. And get this now. Don't miss. This is in your Bible. This is in your Bible. When the people heard this disastrous word, I'm just thankful they recognized this is not a good word. This isn't a good thing. Some folks might not care all that much, but they cared. And they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. They didn't put on their jewelry. They didn't put on their their, their cute outfits. They just they 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 they, they kind of just humbled themselves. And for the Lord said to Moses, "Say ye to the people of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I would go up among you, now this is hard words, but He's teaching them something. I'd have to consume you. You're too rebellious. You don't listen. You're not." You're not led by my Spirit. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Humble yourself. Strip yourself of all of your worldly appetites and affections. And therefore the people of Israel, they stripped themselves of their ornaments, their jewelry, and their and their just Egyptian apparel. And therefore the people of Israel did that. Verse 2 the next verse. And so here's what happens. Go to the next text, if you would. Verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now, Mo, here's what happened. God set this, this precedent. I can't go with you because your hearts aren't really with me fully and wholly. I have a promise for you. I'm going to get you there. I'm still going to send my messenger to go with you, to lead you, to guide you, and I will just meet you there when you arrive. You'll be ready by then. But Moses began to intercede when he heard this. Then he said, I, He said, listen, you, you can't not go with us. We need your presence with us. It's not enough that we would just get there. We want you to go with us along the way. What he's saying is, I want your presence in my life. I need your presence in my life. I don't want just a promise from you. I want your presence with me. That's a big difference, Connection Point Church. I thank God for the promises. I thank God for the destination. I thank God that we're all on our way to heaven. I thank God that we're all trying to follow and serve Jesus. I thank you for that. But what I want to tell you is I've made up my mind a long time ago that more than just getting there, more than just going there, I want the presence of God in my life. And So Moses shared that sentiment. And God responded, my presence, okay. He said, you've stripped yourself of the worldliness. You've humbled yourself before me. You've expressed a desire and a passion for me to be with you. And Moses says, if your presence will not go with me, then I don't even want to go. Moses said, if you aren't in our midst, if your presence isn't with us, if I can't go to church and lift my hands and experience a move of God and an anointing of God, if I can't feel your presence in my midst, then what's the point of even going? And so what I want to preach to you Or how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? You see that? And that we're your people. Is it not in your going with us? Don't miss, see this, this is, how are we going to know that you're really with us? Is it not in your presence? Is it not in your anointing? Is it not in you inhabiting the praises of your people? Is it not in your going with us? So that we are a distinct, and I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth, we're a called out people. We're a separated people. We're a peculiar people. We are called by his name, and we are the people of the presence. And so for the next few moments, I want to just preach on this simple subject. I won't be long. A passion. A passion. A passion for God's presence. Amen? That's what's gotta be what separates us. That's gotta be what identifies us. I hope, Connection Point Church, that you have a passion for his presence. I've got a passion for his presence. And I wanna just preach to you on that simple subject, a passion for his presence. Let's pray one more time, quickly. Father, we thank you. We honor you, Father. We thank you for your grace, for your help for your mercy, God. Let sound doctrine. God, just reign true today, God. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. A passion. A passion for His presence. I was thinking about something I've been thinking about it a lot lately, actually, just my journey, my spiritual journey in having just grown up in the near northwest side of Indianapolis, growing up predominantly Catholic for the most part, and by the time I was a teenager, you've heard me tell the story, but there's an element to the story that I believe is pertinent today. By the time I was a teenager, I was far from God. I was rebellious. I was discouraged, perhaps even depressed. I remember even just being at a place in my life by the time I was a teenager that I was just searching, longing for some sort of identity and purpose in life. I didn't realize it at the time, but there was something missing in my life. I was far from God. And I remember one particular night, the first weekend of my junior year of high school, I was with a friend on a Friday night, and we were at his house, and we were sitting in his basement. And I began just thinking about my life, and I began feeling just an overwhelming sense of just depression and discouragement. Where is my life going? Where is my life heading? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't feel any sense of purpose or direction in my life. And as I was sitting there feeling overwhelmed and really overcome with this feeling of depression and emptiness, loneliness, dissatisfaction, all of the sudden... I began to feel something that up to that moment that I had never experienced in my life. And as I sat there in that basement, thinking about my life, overcome with sadness, I began feeling the presence of God in a way that I had never felt up to that time. In that moment, I realized that I was experiencing something that I had never experienced before. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was real in that moment because I felt His presence move into that room and make itself known unto me in that moment. But it was not the type of experience that we think about when we talk about the presence of the Lord being in our midst. Because in that moment, although I knew God was real and that His presence was there, it was not a warm and inviting feeling in that moment. Because I recognize that while God is real and God is here, I am not where I need to be in my relationship with Him. I felt His presence. I knew He was there. I didn't understand it. But the only way I can explain it, it was as if you have a relationship with somebody that you know you've had a falling out, and you know there's a tension and there's strife in your relationship you know that you're at odds, but as long as they're not around you, as long as they're not in the room with you, you can ignore it and you can push it aside and you cannot confront it and deal with it. But the moment they walk into the room with you, you're forced to confront the reality of that strained relationship. And it was in that moment as God began to move in on me that I realized that God is real and God is here, but I'm not where I need to be in respect to my relationship with Him. And so it was this experience as a 16-year-old kid from the near northwest side of Indianapolis that began to set me on a spiritual journey to understand how I can get my life right with God, how I can serve God and love God and feel Like my relationship with God is where it needed to be. And what I recognize is I don't even know how to get right with God. And so I began to seek and to search after Christ answers to the questions that were in my life. What am I to do with this feeling of emptiness and enmity towards God that I feel? I know he's real and I know he's close, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it was that experience that set me out on a journey to understand what the Bible teaches about being right in right relationship with God. It set me on a journey to, to to seek after the presence that I had felt in that moment and in that experience and to be around a group of people that could encourage me and help me and, and pour life into me and, and, and disciple me along this journey that I was now on. And it was a journey that I set out to that took me about a year and a half. I began trying churches I began seeking and talking to people I, I began reading my Bible I, I began just trying to find a place that I could call home and I, I tried one church and I would be there and I would try other churches and I would I would I was trying to understand where my home and where my place was and it it was a journey that took me about a year and a half to really find myself settled in a place where I was around a people that would love me and pray with me and pour into me and and speak life into me. I was in a place where they would teach me the Bible and I could understand what the word of God said about our relationship with God. And I was in a place and in an environment, don't miss this, where I could experience a presence of God like what I had encountered on that Friday night, that first weekend of my junior year of high school. And it was this journey and it was this experience that allowed me to recognize the longing in the hearts for so many, a desire and a passion and a pursuit, not just to have a a surface level experience. With God, not just to have a superficial experience for God, but to truly know what it means to pursue after God with a passion for more of his presence, for more of his purpose, for more of his will and his desire for my life. I want to tell you here today, Connection Point Church, that that I believe today that God is stirring the hearts of this nation and stirring the hearts of this world and of this generation to to find a people that are not just content with mediocrity and not just content with religious superficiality, but He is truly looking for a people that are passionate for His presence, that are pursuing after God with all of their hearts, and with all of their minds and with all of their soul and with all of their strength. I want to tell you, Connection Point Church, that God is a God that will not be just passed by, but God is a God that is worthy of those who will hunger and thirst after righteousness. I feel a cry of the Spirit this morning to stir up that passion for more of Him, to stir up that desire not just to come and to go, to check in and to check out, but to pursue after His presence in your life. Have you ever wondered this morning why it is that God, who is above and beyond everything in this universe, how and why He would ever interact with us How a great God that would visit with such a lowly humanity, yet the message of Scripture is that He does. Even though we are so far apart, the message of the Bible is that God comes to us. It was Jeremiah that declared, am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away. Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. You see, I want to tell you that despite being a God that is everywhere, the God of our Bible declares that He is a God that has made a practice of meeting man in various times and in various places. He met them in a garden in Genesis. He met them in a wilderness in Exodus. He met them on mountaintops and in upper rooms. And He has met them in valleys and in altars. But it was in Joel that declared that there's coming a day when God is not just going to meet us in a a corner of a room or on a mountaintop or in a garden or in a wilderness. But He is coming a day where it's going to come to pass afterward that He's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh and sons and daughters are going to prophesy and old men are going to dream dreams and young men are going to see visions and male and upon female servants in those days am I going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I want to just proclaim to you one more time that God is not hiding nor afar off, but it is the plan and the purpose of God for Him to pour out His Spirit upon all people. That means that for you and for me, that God is pouring out His Spirit, that God is pouring it out on whosoever would, that if you would desire, if you would hunger, if you would thirst, if you would seek, if you would pursue God, that there is an outpouring of His Spirit that is available for all of us. I want to tell you here today, Connection Point Church, the message of Scripture is simply this, that God has gone to great lengths to meet us where we are. That's right, that God wants to meet us, and God has prepared and made a way for Him to be able to meet us. You see, the Scripture tells us from the very beginning that God met with man and walked with him in that garden in Genesis, and From the beginning, God has intended and demonstrated His desire to fill our lives with His presence, but something tragic happened to that original plan. The Bible says that Adam and Eve were deceived and fell into sin and disobedience and rebellion against God. And it was this sin that came in between this this relationship that God had established in that garden, in that paradise, that place of blessing and that place of meeting, that sin actually separated us from God. And so where man used to experience regular visitations from God in that garden, now because of sin, their lives have been filled with separation. And so the Bible says that this separation continued and And the more man sinned, the more they became separated. And the more they rebelled, the more distance between them and their Creator was established. And so much so that the Bible says that it wasn't very long before that man had been so separated from God that there came a time in Genesis 6 that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. I want to tell you, you separate yourself from the things of God long enough. It might start out a little bit entertaining and a little bit exciting, but what I want to just declare to you today is that sin will always take you further than you want to go. Sin is always going to keep you longer than you intended to stay. And sin will always cost you more than you ever thought it would. I want to tell you, sin is what separates you from God. And the longer you entertain sin in your life, the longer you give sin a place in your life, I want to tell you, the more it's going to take over, and the more it's going to push God out, and the more it's going to fill your mind, and the more it's going to fill your thoughts, and the more it's going to fill your spirit, and your attitudes, and your relationships. And before you get to a place that you ever anticipated, I want to just give you a warning to let you know that the longer you're in sin, the more you're separated from God. It's sin that has estranged us from God's presence. Let me just say that to you again. It is sin that has estranged us from God's presence. It was our sin that caused us to hide in shame when God would draw near. It was our sin that filled our hearts with desire for evil instead of a desire for God. And so because God is such a holy God and cannot, cannot sin himself, nor will he tolerate the presence of sin for very long, God said, I've got to do something about this sin problem among my people. So the Bible says he decided that he was going to bridge the gap that sin had caused in our relationship with him. He said they can't pay the penalty for their sin. They can't bridge that gap. It's too far. They can't come to me where I am. And so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to leave my heavenly habitation and I'm going to bridge the gap of eternity and I'm going to come to where they are. And the Bible says that when the fullness of time had come that God manifested Himself in the flesh. That He lived a perfect sinless life. That He healed and He helped and he, He taught and He preached and at the end of his life that they took him and they nailed him to that cross. And it was that cross of Calvary that God took as a place to to nail our sin and and to nail our iniquities that on that cross of Calvary that Jesus was literally paying the price to bridge the gap to reconcile the relationship and to allow for his presence to be amongst his people one more time I want to tell you right now that that when we were yet in sin that God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still afar off that he came to where we are that he died for our sin that he paid the penalty Penalty, that He purged us, that He fulfilled the promise. And now because of Jesus Christ and Calvary, we can experience that presence of God in our life. It was in Ephesians 2. Look what it says. It says this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For He Himself is our peace, and who has made us both one and has broken down that enmity. He has broken down that dividing wall of hostility that just like when I was experiencing that presence of God in that room, but there was a hostility and an enmity. The thing I was missing was a realization that Jesus had come to pay that price, to purge that sin, and to breach that gap. But although God has gone to great lengths, just hang with me right now, to bridge the gap in our relationship, to make it possible to pour out His presence, what I've come to preach to us today is that God will only meet us on His terms. Let me just teach to you for just a minute. So we find this story here in Exodus chapter 33, just hang with me now. We find this story in Exodus chapter 33 about Moses and the children of Israel. And God is leading these people by the mighty hand of Moses and through mighty miracles and signs and wonders out of Egypt. Egypt was a type of sin. Egypt was a type of the world. Egypt represented the old lifestyle. And now God's brought them by way of a red sea or the waters of baptism and by way of a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night representing the leading of the Spirit. And God is taking them through this wilderness. And, and for a full generation, God is testing them and trying them. And God is dealing with them and discipling them. He's, he's got to get them out of Egypt, and He's got to get Egypt out of them. Because before they're ready to inherit their promise, God knows that He's got to get their tastes and their appetites for the things of Egypt and Pharaoh out of their system so that they can desire and appreciate the heavenly things of the promise that is to come. And so the Bible says that He is leading them and guiding them. And He gets to a certain point. Hear me now. He's already brought them out. They've already passed through the water. They've already passed... through the uh, the sea, and now they're being led by the Spirit. He's already delivered them out of the world, but now as they're walking with Him, the Bible says that God begins to confront them one more time. The Scripture says that... He says, I'm going to send you. He says to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you've brought up out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying to your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But I'm not going to go with you, Moses. I've got a promise for you. I'm going to get you there. I want to get you there. I'm going to make way so that you can, if you want to get to heaven, you can get to heaven. If you want to get to the promise, you can get to the promise. I'm going to make provision and I'm going to send an angel to lead you and to guide you along the way. But Moses, you got to realize something, is I can't go with you. Your people are too stubborn. They're, 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 their hearts are still on the things of the world. They're, they're still on the things of Egypt. The, the, they're still thinking about the old days. They're still thinking about the things of Egypt. And, and because of that, I, I'm still going to be faithful to my promise that if they'll follow my angel if they'll follow my messenger if they'll follow the word I'll get them to where I'm going to meet them eventually but I just cannot go with them and when the people heard this they had to make a distinction in their minds do we want just the promise or do we want his presence along the way And I want to tell you, Connection Point Church, that's a decision that each and every one of us have got to come to a place in our life where we are willing to to make that decision and that conviction for ourselves. Because the reality here is that God says, your presence, my presence will go with you, but you've you've got to take the things of the world out of your life. You've got to remove the sin, and you've got to remove the appetites and the affections and the adornments of Egypt. You've got to remove yourself from Egypt. Egypt before my presence will go with you. I'll get you there. I'll get you to heaven. I'll get you to the promise. But I want to tell you, there's a big difference between getting there and me going with you. I don't know about you, Connection Point Church, but I've just made up my mind. I decided a long time ago that if he's not going with me, then I might as well well not go. I want the promise, yes, but I want his presence more because his presence is, oh, is sufficient. His presence is everything. His presence is what what I desire more than anything in my life you got to make up your mind at some point in your life, Connection Point Church. You're going to get to a place in your life where you're going to have to make some decisions that am I going to go with the way of this world? Am I going to go the course and the path of this world? Or am I going to follow after Jesus? Am I going to seek after Jesus? Am I going to make some hard decisions and some hard commitments and some hard consecrations? Am I going to take some worldly things out of my life? Am I going to take some worldly commitments out of my life? Because if I do, I want to tell you, You, the Bible says the Lord will begin to inhabit a life of consecration and a life of commitment and a life of dedication. Everyone say consecration. Consecration. What God is trying to instill in His people is a lifestyle and a principle of consecration. I want to tell you, and I want to be just I want to just say this. I thank God for the promise. We're all trying to get to the promise. We're all trying to get to heaven. I'm not bashing anyone and I'm not dissuaying or discouraging anyone. But what I want to tell you is I have learned that not everyone's level of consecration, not everyone's heart is truly, totally fixed after God. What I want to tell you here today, at some point in all life, you've got to make up your mind and your decision that are you going to follow after the Spirit? Are you going to follow after the presence? Or are you going to continue to fill your life with all of the things that God says that are just nothing but the lust of the world and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life? What I want to ask you today, Connection Point Church, is are you still passionate for His presence? Are you still passionate for His anointing? Are we still pursuing after God with everything that we have he said you got to have consecration and so in Exodus 33 we find this principle about God's presence don't miss this that is often overlooked and that is while God greatly desires to dwell among his people and while God has gone to great lengths to break down the walls of sin and division And while God's mercy and grace are what draws us into loving relationship with the Savior, because it's by His mercy we're not consumed. It's by His faithfulness that we're not consumed. But at a certain point, God will not continue to dwell in an unclean temple. God will not continue to endorse disobedience. God will not bless rebellion And so he says to the children of Israel, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I will consume you along the way, because you're still stiff-necked, your heart's still on Egypt. For the Lord said to Moses, say to the people, you are a stiff-necked people. For a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So take off your ornaments, take off Egypt, get Egypt out of your heart and off of your life, and then I'm going to know what to do with you. In other words, he said, you've got to make up your mind. Is the promise enough for you or do you want my presence? And what I feel today is a challenge in the Holy Ghost, is a call to consecration, commitment, to discipleship to follow the lord wherever he goes but more than just following him i want him with me i want his anointing in my home i want his presence in my family i i want his i want to tell you when we come to church it's more than just a concert it's more than just entertainment but there should be a reflection of god's grace and god's glory and god's presence that should flow in a christian ch- in a church where people are lifting up the holy hands and worshiping god with all of our heart that god's presence should be ushered in when we quit reflecting the things of this world and just start pursuing after God with everything. There should be a glory and an anointing in a presence that should fall in a spirit-filled church. Come on, more than a concert, more than a rock show, more more than just entertainment, the glory of God ought to dwell in a place. And what he's saying here is if you want my glory, you've got to consecrate yourself to me. But here's what I want to say. Here's what I found, is that if we will follow and obey, what I want to preach today and what I want to say is his presence will respond to our passion. His presence God wants to pour his spirit out. God wants to pour out his anointing. God wants to pour out his power. God wants to pour out his blessing in our life. And what we find here in this story is while God says, you've got to let go of some of the things of this world and pursue after me and make up your mind for yourself. Uh, Do you want me with you or do you want me just to meet you there? He said at the end of it, Moses said, I don't want to go if your presence isn't with me on the way. And what we find here is a powerful principle. Is that God responded to the passion of Moses. That Moses said, listen, I'm not even thinking about the promised land if you're not with me along the way. And Moses made a declaration and a commitment, a conviction that whatever it takes for your presence to dwell in our midst, he said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to consecrate my life fully and wholly to you. And the Bible says the Lord began to turn, and he says my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And and Moses says, if you don't, then I don't want to go. And what we find here is that God's Spirit began to move with the children of Israel, that God began to go with them and dwell in their midst. And what I'm just trying to encourage Connection Point Church with here today Encourage myself is that God desires to go with us to pour out His Spirit, to pour out His presence, but we've got to say, Lord, I desire you more than anything in my life. Have you ever wondered if the Scripture says that He will, in Matthew, I believe, eighteen twenty that where two or three are gathered together in my name, that there am I in the midst. That if the Bible promises, and I believe this is a promise, that Jesus says that if two or three are gathered in my name, that there am I in the midst, that sometimes, how is it that sometimes, when two or three people are there together or we're in a church, or sometimes the presence of God isn't always known in that, in that moment or in that place. And what I've learned is that while God is faithful, his presence might be there. That that sometimes you've got to you've got to stir up his presence in your midst. You've got to stir up his anointing. You've got to stir up his presence in a church. Sometimes you've got to stir your heart to experience and express the presence of God that's waiting to meet you there in the midst. Let me put it to you like this. You guys know I'm an iced tea fan. I'm an iced tea fanatic. In fact, I backslid a little bit this, this winter, and I started drinking sugar-free Gatorade. But I've since gotten back to my roots, and I've been visiting the local McAllister's, and they make the best sweet tea. But what I want to tell you is, sometimes up north you'll go to a place, and you'll ask for tea, and they don't have sweet tea on the menu. And so you got to just get that unsweet tea, but then in my younger years I would get sugar and you get that sugar and you just pour that sugar into that sweet tea and you take two ingredients you take the tea and you take the sugar and what I have found is just having those two ingredients together in the same space does not always equate to the desired outcome how many know what I'm talking about? You can put some sugar in the tea, and that sugar is going to go to the bottom, and the tea is going to go to the top. And if your straw is somewhere that where the sugar isn't, what I'm going to tell you is you're going to get some unsweet tea. But what I have learned through that that I think applies to church and to the things of the Spirit is that if you will take something and begin to stir that sugar up, hear me right now, that if you'll take that sugar that's already present and you'll begin to stir that up and it will begin to infiltrate and it will begin to uh, inhabit the remainder of that cup and that atmosphere. I want to tell you that if you'll just stir that that tea up a little bit, you'll take a sip of that tea and you're going to get the desired outcome. And the same is true. Yes, the Lord will meet us here if we'll come together in his name. But every once in a while, you've got to stir your heart. You've got to stir your passion. You've got to stir your worship. You've got to stir your desire. Moses, that's what he was doing. He said, I've got to I, I, I stir some things up among the children of Israel. God said, i got to stir you up. It's not enough that you just be satisfied with Egypt. You've got to really let me know you desire me. Pursue me passionately. Seek me with all of your heart and all of your mind, and I will. We'll meet you in that place, and I will go with you along that journey. Come on, all over this place, Connection Point Church, I just want to encourage you. This is an uplifting word. Come on, if you want more of God in your life, you can have more of God in your life. If you want God's presence in your home and in your family, God will meet you in your home and in your family. If you want a move of God in your church, he said stir up the gift. He will meet you in the church. He wants to go with us, but the question is, are we willing to stir our to a place where we are passionately pursuing after his presence stand with me today don't conflate two things i'm getting ready to say something Not everyone is unsatisfied with just the promise. Notice what God said. He said, I will still get you there. I can get you there. I'm going to just send a messenger. I'm going to delegate that to somebody else. And I'm going to go back up into heaven. And when you're ready and when, we, when you get there, I'll meet you in the promised land. Listen to me, Connection Point Church. There are some things that we do that are not necessarily salvational. But it's out of a desire to say, God, more than anything in my life, not the approval of the world, not the attention of the world, not the acceptance of the world, but more than anything in my life. I desire your presence and your approval and your acceptance and your affirmation. God, more than anything in my life, come on. I don't want to go if you don't go with me. And it's that commitment that the Bible refers to as consecration. And when we consecrate ourselves to God, and don't think I'm just talking about necessarily what you see on the platform, I'm talking about a lifestyle of consecration. god will inhabit a consecrated temple consecrated life a consecrated church and so what i want to just call us to today is to stir your passion for more than just the promise don't ever lose sight of that promise but to, store your, to stir your heart for more His presence along the way. Can we just lift our hands all over this place today? Mm. you got to work some things out in your life for yourself. The Bible says, got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Listen to me. Listen to me. We have some expectations on our platform. It's not about being haughty or rude or thinking we're better than Someone's better than someone else. Let me just say this for a minute. Okay. We don't go around chasing people down in the church. Some churches do that. Whoever comes to church is welcome. Let me just say that. In fact, that's my heart. I want you here. I want everybody here. I don't care where you are on your journey with God. Don't look up here and begin to judge and think that we're, listen, I want everybody to come into the presence of the Lord. Everybody. Listen to me. Everybody, I don't care where you are. what we're saying is we have a desire come on for more of the present we want God's presence to fall and to flow into this place but hear me now listen more than just a rule or a regulation or what you perceive as just some harsh standard I want to tell you it's not about the rule it's about the issue of the heart before I was ever in an apostolic church, let me just say this, I feel the Holy Ghost to say it, let me just say it, before I was ever in an apostolic church, I didn't even know what an apostolic church was. God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I was with some of my friends, we attended a non-denominational youth. Now don't misread what I'm saying, but here's what I'm, you're going you're gonna to understand. I was with some friends on a Friday night, some Christian friends. We were talking about the Lord. We were, we were just having good fellowship, and we were just discussing God's goodness, and we were praying together. I was on a roof. It was like a weekend. I was with my friends. He went on to start a church in San Diego. And as I, as I was sitting on that roof just praying and thinking about the Lord, the Lord began to convict me about something in my life That I had no, I couldn't point to a scripture, I couldn't point to a text. I just felt I was wearing this. I'm just. I was wearing this necklace, and I just began to feel the Lord convicting. I had never even been to an apostolic church, and I'm not saying that as a rule or a standard. For what I'm saying is that God will lead you and guide you and direct you, not because some person told you to do it, but because the Spirit of the Lord has a will and a purpose for your life. pressure to conform there's pressure to conform to the world and there's pressure to conform to other people's standards of holiness and righteousness for your life as well but what I have found for myself is that if we can just get a hold of the presence of God, God's going to lead you on a path of holiness. And it might not look like the big church downtown. And it might not look like the church down here on the south side. But if God will lead you and guide you and direct you, I want to tell you that if you will follow after the Lord, the Lord is going to affirm you and bless you and take care of you along the way. Come on, somebody, what I'm trying to tell you is